passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show brought to you by betonline.ag. The NFL playoff matchups are set. Our beloved Steelers are out of the playoffs, but still a lot to discuss because we know where they're going to be drafting in the 2023 draft come April. A lot to place bets on from an NFL standpoint. Head to betonline.ag. They'll take care of any of your gambling needs. 365, 24-7, whatever sport you want to bet on, make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, Pittsburgh Steelers scout, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the team, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT, Steelers finished with a winning record. After being left for dead earlier this season at two and six, they finish above 500, but just short of the playoffs. They win four straight to finish out the season, a 28 to 14 win over the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. It's a bittersweet feeling this morning, my man. And like, ah, I'm just so conflicted, Ike, because from a big picture standpoint, I like the way that the way that the Steelers are finishing the season, but it leaves a bitter taste in my, on my mouth to say, hey, the season is now over. The Steelers miss out on the playoffs. Yeah, it's tough. Like you say, Mark, bittersweet. Uh, Coach T. Dugo over 500 with the 9-8 record. Uh, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers came up short. You know, came up with Jets. Uh, field goal, touchdown, short from from winning against Miami. But Pittsburgh put themselves in that situation at the same time, though. How do you uh, not be proud of a 2-6 and six to be 9-8? and eight? Uh, A Kenny Pickett. T.J. White effect coming back. Uh, a lot of young guys, you know, just grooming and growing throughout the throughout the season in the George Pickens. So, yeah, Najee um, finally running like Najee. Uh, Jalen Warren, uh, your second running back, coming and doing this thing as a running back, second on the depth chart. So, the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, you got a lot to be proud of this year. Of course, Pittsburgh fell short into making the playoffs, Mark, but they didn't f- fall short of these young guys grooming and growing throughout the season. From a big picture standpoint, I'd, I, I'm going to start there before we get into the specifics of the game and then all of the playoff matchups. The Steelers have a guy in Kenny Pickett that you can build around for the foreseeable future. And they have a quarterback that you need to develop because, Ike, I look at all seven AFC playoff teams this season. All of them have first-round draft picks at the quarterback position. Now, the NFC is a completely different story but we talked about how the Steelers need to develop someone at the quarterback position. They have someone in Kenny Pickett who in these last three games, Ike, when the Steelers needed it, 
to drive down the field and they needed a score. He delivered time and time and time again. We saw that development, that maturity when he first started out, a lot of interceptions, a lot of turnovers. And he understood when to take his chances late in the season. And the development, even as a rookie, to me was impressive. And from a big picture standpoint, that's what I'm going to focus on into this offseason because I finishing nine and eight, yes, you want to make the playoffs. Yes, it's bittersweet. But had the Steelers gotten in, a first-round matchup against a Buffalo Bills team that I think is going to go on a Super Bowl run. I'm just going to say this. Of course you want to get in, but I don't want to play this Buffalo team that's playing inspired football for DeMar Hamlin. So from a big-picture standpoint, I'm okay with where the Steelers finish this season. Again, it's bittersweet. You want to be in the tournament because anything can happen. Ike, you were on the 05 team, the first six seed ever to win a Super Bowl back when they had six teams. But... I like the way that the Steelers finished this season because you were two and six, you were three and seven on Thanksgiving day, Ike. And if you'd have told me weeks ago that this team would finish above 500, I would have called you crazy. Yeah. Coach T the magician, he always finding a way. He always towards the back half of the season, get his troops riled up to make a push. That's just in coach T DNA. But now you got a young team, you know, you got a hall of fame of big Ben. He just Mm -hmm. retired. Last year, you draft the quarterback and Kenny Pickett. You really don't know what you're drafting into the season. Now, during the season, we always saw the spunk between Mitchell, between him and Mitchell Trubisky. You know, they was going in and out the first couple of games, but you just saw like the little magic. You saw the extra energy. You saw the little flair. You saw the little pizzazz that Kenny Pickett, when he came into that huddle, you saw a little bounce and everybody stepped when Kenny Pickett came into that huddle. You saw a few plays. Of course, he made some bad plays, but that's, that was expected. Um, going down and play Miami, I think that changed the Pittsburgh Steelers' mindset. I remember when Coach T was walking off the field with Kenny Pickett. He said, man, it's going to be better in brighter days. And that stuck with me, so I know that stuck with Kenny. So that just told Kenny, like, okay, I got a head coach who's really behind me um, throughout all these struggles I'm going through. And we saw the back half of the Pittsburgh Steelers in that offense. That offense wound up doing whatever they need to do. If I needed a last drive, who I, who I call on, I call on Kenny Pickett. If I need a, a, a first down or one yard, who I call on Najee. If I need a big play, and we've been talking about this guy, he's different on the offensive side and George Pickens, who I call on. I call on George Pickens. So you got a lot of young, good talent for the Pittsburgh Steelers who they can build around. You got a tight end, you got a quarterback, you got a running back, and you got a, a, a soon-to-be star receiver in George Pickens on the offensive side. All right, do you want to go the specifics of Sunday's game against the Browns or do you want to go from a big picture standpoint in terms of where we go right now? Because I do want to discuss both, but choose a direction and I'll take off. Let's go big picture. Okay. Uh, I think the question that you have to ask yourself is, do you want Matt Canada back as offensive coordinator next season? Now, I do think that this team was better on the back half of the season. Najee Harris was definitely better and the offensive line was better too because this team could run the ball in the back half of the season. You mentioned Jalen Warren. That was one of the big question marks I had going into this season was who can be the Robin to Najee's Batman. That void seems to be filled. But when I see that this team struggles to score points consistently, Ike, and I look at a few stats, and I can point to many of them, but the Steelers' defense led the league in interceptions this season, meaning you're flipping the field, you're putting your offense in a good position to score, and you're still struggling to score points from an offensive standpoint. That's a problem. Red zone efficiency, that's a problem. Deontay Johnson not scoring a touchdown this season. And they flashed the stat during the game of most receptions in a season uh, uh, with the receiver not getting into the paint, not scoring. That's an issue. 
Also, whoever the offensive coordinator is next season, Ike, you've got to get George Pickens 10 touches or targets every single game minimum. Because I listen to you each week saying how special he is, even as a rookie. And I listen to former player Rodney Harrison, a Hall of Fame player, comparing George Pickens to Randy Moss. And I'm not saying George Pickens is Randy Moss, but I'm listening to people who have been in and around the league for decades with decades of experience talking about how special he is. The offense has to get better next season. That's not all on the offensive coordinator. For me, probably the biggest need in the draft, at least in my opinion, this is just my two cents worth, is the offensive line. But that's the question that you're going to have to ask is, you know, which guys do you want to retain are coming back? Which personnel are coming back? Which coaching staff you want to come back? But here's the thing, too. If you want to replace Matt Canada as your offensive coordinator, right, because this is what a lot of fans are talking about, This is where Mike Tomlin's a defensive coach. And if you have success with an offensive coordinator, say in year two or three with Kenny Pickett, another team is going to want to poach that offensive coordinator. So it's finding that balance. And it's also you need to develop continuity with a young quarterback because we've seen a lot of quarterbacks ruined, Ike, when you try to rip the Band-Aid off and you're trying to rip the Band-Aid off when you're putting a Band-Aid back on to cover a flesh wound. And what I mean by that is if you just say, let's bring in a new offensive coordinator, and then it doesn't work again next year, and then let's bring another offensive coordinator, and it doesn't work the following year, you need to develop that offensive continuity as Kenny Pickett develops and grows as a young quarterback in this league. Yes, I was I was hard on, on Matt Canada. Well, Matt Canada um, worked his way back in. Why would you let him go? Um, Matt Canada wind up creating points, wind up getting George Pickens the ball. So why would you let, let Matt Canada go? Matt Canada wind up finding a way with Fairmouth as a tight end. So why would you let Matt Canada go? Matt Canada just found ways to win. Um, when it was time for the Pittsburgh Steelers, the offense, offense to score, Matt Canada found the way. Um, when you want to talk about the rotation between Najee and Warren at the running back, Matt Canada found the way. When you want to talk about just believing in your offensive line because they didn't start good at the beginning of the season, but they finished well. Matt Canada found the way. When you want to talk about, okay, do y'all see the success as a rookie quarterback in Kenny Pickett from my play calling from the beginning to the end, Matt Canada found the way. So, yeah, I think Matt Canada gave himself a life a lifeline. We will see what happens in the offseason. But the way the Pittsburgh Steelers um, offense finished throughout that season, Mark, they was pretty damn good. And just to, to go through everything Matt Canada had to go through, having a Hall of Fame quarterback really as, isn't athletic toward the back end of his career, not able to move his mobility, to having a guy with some mobility, um, a young quarterback, a young quarterback who played four years in college. And I think that helped out a lot of Kenny Pickett, a young quarterback who knows that that Akershore, Heinz Field, now Akershore Stadium. Uh, so it, it was home for him. And I think Matt Canada finally settled himself down and understanding what he needed to do and understand and understanding that he needed to get the ball to certain people at certain times in the game. I saw I saw George Pickens go from the outside to the slot receiver. So that showed me right there, Matt Canada is finding a way. Um, I saw some of them jet sweeps turned into uh, jet sweeps double reverses. Matt Canada found the way. Um, I don't know if he talked to Najee, but Najee, stick your foot in the ground. You're 235 pounds plus. Let's get these two and three yards. Matt Canada found the way. So, yeah, I was hard on Matt Canada. Mentally, I was hard on him. But just seeing how the growth and development, not only with Kenny Pickett, but just that whole offense, 
They put up 28 points yesterday against the Cleveland Browns team who really wanted to knock the Pittsburgh Steelers out of playoff mm-hmm. contention. They didn't, but it just helped that, of course. But yeah, you you just got to sit back and think, um, do I keep, do I, do I want to keep getting Kenny Pickett offensive coordinator after offensive coordinator after offensive coordinator? No. Do I like the growth and development of Kenny Pickett from the first to the second half? Yes, and you got to tip your head off to Matt Canada on that point. Ike, I um, few things here. Seven game mm-hmm. stretch where the Steelers go six and one on the back half of the season. They mm-hmm. didn't allow more than twenty points in any of those games. So I credit the defense for that. Fewest touchdown passes in the league as well. So again, like there's improvement. Is it enough to save his job? But then I always also say this too, Ike, up front. The one thing I'd say about the Steelers line is that they played all 17 games together. And I do think that they got better throughout the duration of the season, but I don't think that they had elite talent. And I'm talking about nasty players. Ike. I'm talking about, and we talked about this a few shows ago, Pouncey up front, David DeCastro up front, all pro players, dudes that can maul people and are nasty at the line of scrimmage. That's what I'm talking about. So when I point to those stats, You can also point to Chris Boswell had his worst season since 2018. I think injuries is part of that, but that's another reality to where you're not putting up as much points because he wasn't as reliable this season. But the sum doesn't equal its parts. And if you found the right offensive coordinator, my point is this, I I guess it's like I'm kind of talking in circles here. If you're going to hire a new offensive coordinator to replace Matt Canada, you can't miss. And you need to have that offensive coordinator to be here for the next five to 10 years of Kenny Pickett's career, because I don't want to bring in a new offensive coordinator, Ike, and have this very same conversation with you a year from now. The only OC I see um, that you can bring in is his former offensive coordinator in college. So um, I'm I'm drawing a blank. And he, and he was, he was our quarterback coach when I played with Pittsburgh for a couple of years. That's the only real thing I can see. So you got you got a guy with um, familiarity with Kenny Pickett. You got a guy who knows the city, understands the city. Both was an OC in college for Kenny Pickett. Both was an OC, being a quarterbacks coach in the NFL. So yeah, that's the only thing I can really see when it comes down to bringing somebody else in for Kenny Pickett as far as like offense coordinator. Other than that, I would just roll with Matt Canada. Um, Interesting, Ike. I don't think you'll be in the majority of that, of just people. Listen, I know Twitter's not always the greatest place to look, but I don't think you'd be in the majority in terms of how Steelers fans feel about this. But Ike, uh, Mark Whipple is the coach that you're talking about. Yes, Coach Mark Whipple, um, who coached and developed Kenny Pickett. I'm sure he asked Kenny Pickett to stay a year, and that year did help when it come down to being four years in college. But Coach Mark, I think, would be a perfect fit, um, not only for Kenny picking an offense, but just he just knows the city and understands exactly what that city wants, um, that organization wants, because he did coach with that organization. Um, just just the traditional, tradition-wise, uh, you got to be different to to, to, to be an OC in Pittsburgh. I think Coach Ty Haley said that uh, last year. Uh, I mean, with Bruce Arians, Ty Haley, uh, Wizard Hunt, Coach Mark Whipple. Uh, you got to be tough-minded. You damn near got to have a defensive mentality from an offensive coordinator standpoint, just dealing with the people in the city of Pittsburgh because all they pretty much know is success, 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 success. 
and who's going to take the blame. It's usually going to be the offensive coordinator. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Regardless of how good they did. I remember Big Ben threw for 5,000 yards um, at, at, at one point in time. And who was the who was the person we blamed? It was the OC. I remember Ken Wizard had a good running game going, wind up going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> who, who, who was the downfall? It was Ken Wizard. Ty Haley probably had Pittsburgh at their best when you want to talk about a balanced offense. Who was going to blame? It was it was Ty Haley. So it's just being an offensive coordinator in that city is tough. It's hard. And you got to have that mentality for it. And I think Matt Canada, throughout all the talk, what they've been saying on Matt Canada, throughout all what the players have been saying, the opposing defenses, what they've been saying about the Pittsburgh offense, same play, same play, same play. He just figured it out. He kept his cool. He didn't budge. He didn't waver. He didn't care. He said, man, I'm going to stick to this offense. I grow through the season. And you just saw that with the growth and development. Again, not only with the offense, but with Kenny Pickett. And I'm not trying, and I'm not trying to be a, a fan favorite or a Twitter favorite, Mark. I'm just going off of what I see and what I think mm-hmm. will help Pittsburgh still grow and develop and be more exciting if they don't keep Matt Canada. Yeah, I can I just look across the league and I'm not saying Kenny Pickett is any of these players, but whether uh-huh. it's a Mitch Trubisky during his tenure in Chicago, whether it's Baker Mayfield. I could go to a lot of quarterbacks that have had some success early on and then have also struggled early on. And I, we've talked about this in years past where we say, okay, well, why is a young quarterback struggling? The first question you should ask is, who are his coaches? That's the first question that you should ask. And a lot of times, and, and I'm encouraging our listeners and our viewers to think smarter about this. Who are his coaches to help him develop and develop and put a player in a position to succeed? That's a coach's job and responsibility. Now, I think that the Steelers were limited in what they could do, given the talent that they have and that they're a very young team offensively, too. And I said this at the start of the season, and I would say that this did happen. We're at the start of the year, the offense compared to the end of the year. I don't know if it was night and day, but I did see improvement. So we always talk about just in the football world, who's a truck and who's a trailer. And what you mean by truck, who can carry a team? Or uh, do this guy need a supporting cast around him? Right now, Kenny Pickett, in my mind, he's he's on the verge of going from a trailer to a truck. So I think Kenny Pickett, at first he was a trailer, but he's moving That's into cool. a truck. I want to talk about uh, Pat Fairmont at the tight end position. He's definitely a truck. He can block and he can catch. You want to talk about... Uh, George Pickens, as a rookie, regardless, he's not playing or don't act uh, and don't and have the confidence better than any other rookie I know, especially coming to the NFL. He's a truck. You want to talk about Najee, who will probably get the pass, the 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 torch passed to him as a leader. He's a truck. So you got enough trucks on the offensive side or you got a, a guy at the main position, which is the quarterback position, moving over, transitioning over from that trailer to a truck. So, yeah, they got enough trucks on the offensive side. They just so happen to be super young, which is a good problem for the organization and Coach T. I'm glad Kenny Pickett got as much experience as he did this season, Ike, because you look at the division, Joe Burrow's not going anywhere. We're going to see Lamar get paid this offseason. Who knows about Watson in the division? He didn't look very good, but maybe he could rekindle what we saw several years ago in terms of his on-field ability as a dynamic playmaker at the quarterback position. And again, right. all seven AFC playoff teams, first round quarterbacks. So you see the talent and Pickett was the only first rounder this year. And I look across the league 
It wasn't Malik Willis starting for the Titans in the final two weeks of the season. It was Josh Dobbs. Desmond Ritter got a little bit of experience in Atlanta, but then, okay, the 2023 quarterback class is supposed to be, you know, whether it's Stroud, whether it's Bryce Young, the kid from Kentucky, what have you, like. Kenny Pickett now has almost a full season of starting experience, and we saw him get better and better each week. Not always linear, not always, okay, he was better from one week to next, but on the back half of the year compared to when he began starting in week four, I thought he was much better. And he gets that experience now in a season where there weren't a lot of young rookie quarterbacks getting game experience this season, Ike. And so when the Steelers picked at 20 a year ago, he was there, they had to take him because the Steelers now have the 18th pick and is that blue chip quarterback going to be there, whether it's one of those three guys that I mentioned or someone else coming out in this year's draft? And the answer that I would have is probably not. When the, when the Steelers pick at, what is it, 17 this year, that pick of, of a blue chip stud first round quarterback is not going to be there, Ike. Well, for, well first of all, you know, I don't, the situation got to be real good or you got to be an outstanding quarterback. And you you can't have any ceiling when it comes to the top five pick. And yeah, I think I think just traditionally we always say with these bad teams, you need a quarterback, you need a quarterback, you need a quarterback in the first round. And I don't think that's the that's the answer, and that's the case for every scenario. I think if you get your offensive line, and I think if you get you a tight end, there's nothing wrong with getting a quarterback in the second or third round. If I'm a quarterback and I know I'm about to go high, I really don't want to go high. I want to go mid round to the bottom because I want to go to a team who's on the verge of making the playoffs. If I'm if I'm mid round in the first round, and definitely I'm going to if I get drafted late, I'm going to a team who probably made the playoffs. So if I'm a quarterback, man, I just don't want to throw my career unless I have a general manager or a head coach who's all in and building a team around me. Something like a Josh Josh Allen, something like a Joe Burrow. But other than that, man, you got somebody like. I look at Kenny Pickett, he's right in between. I'm just talking about his style. He's right in between the Joe Burrow. Um, he's not as cool and calm and in in collective in the pocket as Joe. That's just Joe's personality. But you look at Justin Herbert, he's athletic enough just like him. He just don't have his height. So when you look at Kenny Pickett, I think, yes, you do. You did find the answer. When it comes down to drafting quarterbacks in the first, in the first round, high in the first round, you got to be a sensational quarterback. You got to be a generational talent. You got to be somebody um, who a team can build around, but you got to find and have that right general manager to understand and to know how to build around that quarterback. So yeah, if I'm a quarterback coming out, it sounds good when it comes down to the money part. Yeah. And Ike, Omar Khan getting picket with the 20th overall pick as well. Sorry. I was, I was saying Omar Khan with the 20th pick a year ago when they got picket. To me, now you can build around him on a rookie deal to where you're two, three, four, and five. You're going to pick up his fifth-year option the way that it's looking like right now. It's really promising if you're the Steelers. And if you can go nine and eight with a really young team, what could it be for 2023 and beyond to where you get back in contention of not just winning your division, but to say, this team's a real contender in the AFC. I, that's Those are the stakes right now. And, and personally, that really excites me considering how this team finished the season. Yeah, I mean, I still got four years to play with if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers when they want to come down to that quarterback situation so I can really build around them. You know, right now I can just go into the draft and just go off for uh, the best available instead of a need because of Kenny Pickett. 
You know, so when you're in different, if if Pittsburgh would have finished the way they was looking in the beginning of the season, man, I had to go on the knee coming down to this draft because Pittsburgh would have had a, a high, high uh, draft pick. But to finish how they finish uh, nine and eight, um, and you're like mid, mid first round, that's a good situation. So I'm definitely going on best available in my mind for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And really, that's the only way you want to draft. You always want to drive best available. And and why? If somebody asks me, it's because, man, we win the football games. If I go off a knee, that means I'm losing. People get fired. People go home early. And nobody likes their losing feeling, especially in the city of Pittsburgh. So, yeah, Kenny Pickett is the answer. Just to, to answer all your questions, you definitely have a franchise quarterback in Kenny Pickett. That's what I would focus on if you're a Steelers fan, because again, you're playing Buffalo if you get into the first round of the playoffs. Ike, I want to talk about yesterday's game a little well, bit. Well, and Buffalo, go ahead. Buffalo, Ike. Buffalo Mark, they 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 had they wasn't dominate as before in the beginning of the season. You know, um but what you do like about Buffalo is they're doing good on all three phases. So that's special team, offense, and defense. You take the two, you take the two tubs away off of special teams. It's a close game with Buffalo. Um, Josh Allen, Josh Allen hasn't been playing like the Josh Allen we always see, but he's been finding a way as well. Um, I think Josh Allen might be second or third in the league in, t- in interceptions on the back half of the season. So yeah, if Pittsburgh was to play Buffalo, I know at first it didn't look good at all. You know, uh, on that beating Pittsburgh took from the Buffalo Bills, but it wouldn't have surprised me if Pittsburgh would have came out with a W if they would have if they would have made the playoffs going against the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Whatever Kool-Aid you're drinking this morning, Ike, whatever hooch you got in your cup, I want some. <laughs> I haven't even drunk nothing yet. All right. All right. All right. Uh Ike, yesterday's game against the Browns, I'm not usually critical of the referees, but they were terrible yesterday. And I wish you could give Mike Tomlin and the players truth serum. There were three plays to me that were just horrible. First one, Najee Harris scores a touchdown. Adam Archuleta is saying this multiple times during the broadcast that his knee didn't go down. He extends across the goal line. few plays later, Air Najee, which is the best Najee, tries to go over the top, fumbles. The Steelers come away, away with no points. They get points on that. That 28-14 to 14 game is even a larger lead. So that's one. And Mike Tomlin should have challenged it instead of trying to rush to the line and running Kenny Pickett for a sneak. But hindsight's 2020. That was number one. Number two, and this is me being completely objective. Larry Ogunjobi had a face mask penalty against Deshaun Watson. Point blank period should have been called. It was missed. That's number two. And number three, the roughing the passer penalty called on Cam Hayward when he's sacking Deshaun Watson when we saw Watson's ability to scramble throughout the duration of this game, like Deshaun Watson's a big dude, too. He's a ball carrier. How else do you want Cam Hayward to try to tackle a quarterback? And this play really cost the Steelers because they end up giving up a touchdown defensively. Those three plays, had they cost the Steelers in this game and had those plays cost the Steelers a shot at the playoffs, not to mention the horse collar penalty on Jalen Waddle in the Jets Dolphins game, but at least in this Steelers Browns game, Ike, those are three major missed calls that could have influenced the outcome of the game. Yeah, that's tough. Um, luckily, the Pittsburgh Steelers did win this football game, but when it comes down to to refereeing, that's a hard job. 
you know, because you 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 in the moment, and I know uh, they're trying to call a perfect game now with the replay and all that good stuff. Well, man, sometimes you just got to get to reality and understand we all human. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, luckily, did win the ball game. Now, if they was to lose the ball game, yeah, it'd be a totally different story. And with the referees, got to understand you're playing with people livelihood when it comes down to to to, to missing call. A lot of people get fired. Um, in some and most in a majority of these situations, there is no second chance. You know, Najee, he if he was to fumble the ball, it'll be a different story. He's a first round draft pick, but he's gonna get a second chance. Let that happen for Jalen Warren, it might be a, a different story. So that's that's what I think. Um, just going into the game from my standpoint, when it comes to the referees, they gotta understand you still are playing with a lot of people livelihoods when it comes down to making this call. But on the flip side, for the referee. It's, it's tough. Everything happens fast under three seconds and you got to be on site and you damn they got to be perfect every time and they're not human. So they're not going to be perfect. It was funny too. Like I was on Twitter some during the game and there were a lot of Browns fans that were mad that they didn't get Nick Chubb the ball more than 12 carries in the game. And the Browns also fired Joe Woods this morning, their defensive coordinator um, to your point about keeping jobs and whatnot. But uh, for me, it's like, if you're a Browns fan, I would just be thrilled that Nick Chubb got out of that, got out of that game uninjured for next season. Like yeah. that's, that's how I'm looking at it to where, of course I would want to say feed Nick Chubb, but I'd rather have a healthy Nick Chubb in 2023 than to say, Hey, we'll give him the ball 30 times against the Steelers team in a game that really doesn't matter for Cleveland. And Oh, by the way, the fact that the Browns lost, they get a better draft pick anyway. So I'll be honest, I didn't really understand that criticism. Yes, yeah, I agree. You know, people are just going to talk just to talk. But Nick yeah. Chubb just asked King Henry. Um, King Henry feel, feels like Nick Chubb is the best running back, pure running back, pure running back, just a running back in the game. We're not talking about a CMC, and that's Christian McCaffrey, a guy who can run and come out the backfield and catch the ball like an Alvin Kamara. But when you want to talk about an old school, hand me the ball out, wear this defense down through four quarters, that's Nick Chubb's all day. All right, Ike, let's go to some playoff matchups because the field is set. And Saturday, we've got Seattle against San Francisco, Chargers against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sunday, Dolphins at Bills, Giants at Vikings, Ravens at Bengals, and then Monday, Dallas at Cowboys. Let's keep it in the AFC, then we'll go to the NFC. What is the best AFC matchup in wildcard weekend, Ike? No, name name your first name your first one again. You just named Chargers and Jaguars is the first AFC matchup. Yeah, I mean Jags coming out with the win on this one. Um, I think I think they just playing uh, Sunshine, aka Trevor Lawrence. He, <laughs> he he playing he playing out of his mind. You want to talk, but you want to say there's two quarterbacks who've been playing hot since the Thanksgiving break, and that's been Jared Goff and Trevor Lawrence looking like two totally different quarterbacks statistically and they just finding ways to win. Um, I think Trevor really figured it out. He really believes in his coach and his OC. Um, he has a running back that he played college ball with and Travis Etienne and Travis Etienne since he's been healthy, he's been running like a madman. Um, you get an acquired uh, cousins coming, coming from, from Arizona who kind of set the market for this wide receiver in the offseason, and you see what he's been doing. Uh, you get a Marvin Jones, and Marvin Jones has been playing nothing but bully ball, but at the wide receiver position as well. And you just got a quarterback who's super confident. You get a defense 
And all they want to do is just smack you in the face. They've been playing real physical on that defensive side. So, yeah, it just it scares me. Um, I think the Detroit Lions, if they would have made the playoffs, they would have been the scariest team in the NFC. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars is the scariest team right now in the AFC. Interesting. Yeah, just in terms of the momentum, Mike, I hear what you're saying. In terms of matchups, though, I will go, you know, it's tough. Weeks ago, I would have said Dolphins against Bills because they played in the snow several weeks ago. And I know that there's really no, no such thing as a good loss, but I thought the Dolphins hung with the Bills in that game. Right. I'm going to go with the AFC North matchup, though, because Lamar Jackson, is he going to be back? How does he fare against Joe Burrow and company in Cincinnati? And is Joe Burrow going to try to be the hero who's been on the sidelines for weeks now? Is there rust? Are you going to put too much on Lamar Jackson to where then we're having the conversation of, oh, Lamar Jackson and his playoff struggles yet again when he hasn't been healthy because of that knee injury? Oh, by the way, he's in a contract season too. So that to me, that Sunday night matchup, Ravens and Bengals from an AFC standpoint is the one I'm watching most closely. Yeah, Joe just too cool. Joe Burrow and company just too cool. Um, going on, just keep week after week putting cigars in Joe Burrow mouth because they're going to win it. That's that. That's all you need to do. Um, when you want to talk about a defense for the Cincinnati Bengals, they don't get enough praise on how they come up with turnovers and when they need a big play for Joe Burrow to give Joe Burrow back the ball. Uh, we all know what Jamar Chase can do. Now you are now you see with a, a hurt Joe Mixon what P. Ron can do. So you got a good one-two punch on their running in their running back room. But, man, you they, they probably got the best trail when it comes down to the wide receiver between T. Boy and Jamar Chase, and you just so happen to have a stud at that quarterback position. It's going to be hard being the Cincinnati Bengals, so I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, yeah. Ike. And then in the NFC, the most intriguing matchup to me, Dallas against Tampa Bay. And I just don't know what to expect because if I just watch and I'm not looking at the uniforms or anything – Dallas, to me, from a defensive standpoint, has been able to control the flow led by Micah Parsons and company. But they lose in the final week of the season. Dak did not look particularly sharp in week 18. And as bad as the Bucs have been, they kind of seem to start to figure some things out with the deep balls and that connection between Tom Brady and Mike Evans, who, by the way, has yet another 1,000-yard season and if he keeps this up for another two, three seasons, like, it might be crazy to say this, but like Mike Evans is probably a Hall of Fame player because of his consistency year after year after year after year after year after year. And this goes back to like all the way when Johnny Football was doing his thing at Texas A&M. Who is this receiver? It was Mike Evans, Ike. And regardless of who his quarterback is, you can go on and write a thousand yards, a thousand yards down on the stat sheet. And I think they might have started to figure some things out. They're going to be at home as well. And this is a Cowboys franchise that has not made the NFC Championship since 1995, the mid-90s, Ike. So this to me, it's like, is this a new Cowboys team? And we talk about this every year. I think I'm going to go with the Bucks, But this is why this is my most intriguing NFC matchup in the Wild Card Weekend. It's just hard to bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Yeah. It's 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 hard it's hard because you know what he just proved me wrong every year you know it's 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 tough um, talent wise roster wise yeah the Dallas Cowboys 
probably the most talented with the most inconsistency is the Dallas Cowboys. And Mark, you 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 just said it best. They figuring it out now. The Tampa Bay Bucks. And oh boy, when you get Tom Brady and company figuring out towards the season heading to the playoffs, it's gonna be an old boy situation. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Tampa, Tampa Bay on this one because I I just can't bet against Tom in the playoffs. And, and the Dallas Cowboys just been too inconsistent throughout the course of the regular season. Absolutely, Ike. So that gets underway Saturday, three days of playoff football. I cannot wait. And I'm going to say this too. I still think it's going to be the Bills and Eagles in the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs are up there as well. I like the Chiefs a lot. Those are my three teams that I think will go the furthest. And I think it's those three teams and then everyone else. That's just right. my opinion, Ike. But I can't wait to see how all of this unfolds because like even Minnesota, and we talked about the Vikings weeks ago, I think they could go on a run because they have a player like a Justin Jefferson who can just go off in the playoffs, kind of like we've seen with Jamar Chase, like we saw years ago with Larry Fitzgerald, where you have one dynamic player who's able to carry a team and make plays downfield. I think Jefferson's that guy for the Vikings. Now, I think that the NFC Championship is the Vikings ceiling, but I could be wrong. And so it's like each of these teams have players that they could go on a run and and you could really – sell yourself on some of these narratives that may or may not exist. But for me right now, the three teams that I think that will go the furthest bills, chiefs in the AFC. And I still think it's the Eagles in the NFC. And I think there's everyone else. We'll see how all of this shakes out starting Saturday. Yeah. It's going to be a heck of a weekend, a heck of a weekend football, playoff football. Ain't nothing like playoff football. Ain't nothing like it's a different, it's a different temperature. Uh, preseason, uh, the, the water kind of cold regular season is lukewarm. Playoff is hot as a mother. It's, it's, it's scorching hot. It's, it's really winter go home. That's what I love about the NFL, man. It's, it's no such thing as a series. It's, it's, it's an assassin kind of mentality. You get one shot. You get one shot. You got one bullet in the chamber and you get one shot and we got to go out and win this ball game. And guys are playing at a different tempo. Practices are at a different tempo. Guys are locked and wired in, especially for them guys who want to make it to the to the to the Super Bowl and Josh Allen said it throughout the course of this week um in one of his meetings he said I'm getting tired of wearing these hats that man wants some hardware so um like you say earlier in our show he's inspired for show I think that whole team is expired um and I think they really do have a chance but they're gonna have to go against that 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 AFC North Beast and that's and that's Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow ain't scared of nobody just ask the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> he ain't scared of nobody. Put Joe Joe Burrow to me is becoming the Tom Brady in the playoffs. Put that man in a situation. Watch how cool and calm and collective he will have everybody around him. And they feed off that young man. Ike, that's very high praise. We've got two final segments and we'll go quick. Uh-huh. You're talking more about the draft earlier in the show. Obviously, Steelers have the number 17 pick. But the 32nd pick from the Bears, which is almost like a de facto first-rounder because, remember, the Dolphins don't have their first-round pick due to tampering. It's like a late first-round pick in the Chase Claypool trade because the Bears have the first overall pick, Ike. I just I applaud Omar Khan and company in this front office because you almost get two first-round picks now. And, oh, by the way, the Steelers still have the 48th pick, which is their second-round pick, and the uh, 80th pick as well. 
So the Steelers are positioned to do whatever they need to do to say, let's draft best available player at the at that slot, or they're in a position to where they could trade some of these picks to trade up if they really like a guy that can help this team moving forward. I like the flexibility. Personally, I know you go, I can always say best available. I would go offensive line, cornerback, and defensive tackle. Those are the three positions I would address in this upcoming draft. But I'm very excited as we get into the offseason, Ike. I love talking draft. I love talking coaching carousel. And I love talking quarterback carousel as well. I, I am just so excited because we got playoffs. And then we've got all of this offseason drama because once it starts, Ike, it's like dominoes. Yeah, I mean, Mark, you get three picks in the top 50 for this draft. That's that's hard to do. So basically, you can possibly have three franchise players in this draft, depending on what you go for in these picks. And for the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, Omar and company organization, appreciate you bringing it. Uh, I'm going to go on to manifest this. The great Google, Ike Taylor as a scout, and I will be helping as much as I can on helping the Pittsburgh Steelers try and get three franchise players in the top 50 picks. Let's go, Ike. Let's go. I have fired up, and we're going to finish out today's show. I'm going to give you your flowers. Week 18 observations. You tried to tell me about the Lions. And running back Jamal Williams' post-game interview was awesome because we had the full gambit of emotions. We had him crying about his late great-grandfather, And then he's talking about how he's got the dog in him and what a great season he had. I think he had like 17 rushing touchdowns. You tried to tell me about the Lions, Ike, week after week after week after week. They fall just short of the playoffs, which I told you was going to happen. But they take care of business and eliminate the Green Bay Packers in a game that the Lions knew going into the game that they were already eliminated from the postseason. And they're able to knock Aaron Rodgers out. Ike, I got to give you your flowers and I'm fired up this morning. Appreciate it. You gotta give it to the to the head coach for the Detroit Lions. We say co- we say players take on their coach's personality, and they just some mean son of a guns, and they're gonna fight to the last play. That's exactly what they're gonna do, and they're gonna play physical as hell. And Detroit Lions don't forget they're young, they're a young team, a real young team. And then you got guys like Jamal Williams, and he's just Brutus. Brutus just keep knocking this thing. <laughs> Bruce wants to get a cameo on the Believe in Steelers show. That is Ike's dog, ladies and gentlemen. But just Detroit, man, I thought I thought they would have been the scariest if they were to make if they were to make the playoffs um, team to play because you can just see they don't pick a time and a place. That's the Detroit Lions motto. We don't care whether we play football on concrete, turf, or grass. Just give us a time and a place. And we're going to wind up winning this goddamn ball game. So, yeah, um, they're going to be real good next year. Mm-hmm. And we and Jared Goff did go to a Super Bowl. Uh, we, I know it was a while ago, but uh, that Super Bowl they played against the New England Patriots, Tom didn't play a good game. Jared Goff didn't play a good game. That defense won that Super Bowl. The New England defense won that Super Bowl. So, yeah, Jared, Jared Goff – um, he got drafted in the first round. He has been playing like a franchise quarterback for the Detroit Lions. And between him and St. Brown and company, as a wide receiver, them Detroit Lions, all they've been doing is just kicking ass. Panay Sewell, Aiden Hutchinson, and the two-headed monster in the backfield. Like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, like, 
for how much you like the Lions. At one point, this is going to happen. I, this will happen where a seventh seed goes on a Super Bowl run and wins the Super Bowl. I don't know when it will happen, but it will happen. Like, do you yeah. think had the Lions gotten in that they would have gone on a run? I'm not saying they would have won, they, won they, a they, Super Bowl, but. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. They, 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 was, they was on a roll. I mean, yeah. look at the lines between Swift. Swift came back from his injury. Um, Jamar, Jamar, Jamar wins. All he is is, is, is a touchdown king. You put him yeah. anywhere in the end zone, he's going to find a way to get in the end zone. And so, Panay so man, he's the personality of his coach. Hey, let's eat nails, let's drink beer, and let's fight everybody. <laughs> that's that's the personality. That's the personality of Detroit Lions. Ike, tell Brutus hello. You're the absolute best. I want to thank you, the Believe Network, our video producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, producer Yinsi, if I'm missing anyone else. Uh, thank you for your help behind the scenes for making Ike and I look thank good. You. Today's sponsor of the Believe in Steelers show, betonline.ag. They'll take care of your gambling needs. All NFL playoffs long. And I want to thank the listeners and the viewers. I, this is We start to wrap up our fourth season together. Time has flown by. It's been an absolute pleasure. And we're just going to keep doing it bigger and better year after year after year. I, 2022 is our best season on the show. And I want to thank all the listeners and viewers because – Without your support, we don't get high-quality guests as well here on the show to give you insight, analysis, and entertainment that Ike, in my opinion, is the best of the best. Got to thank BetOnline.ag for rocking with us since day one. Bring CV for making us look good. Believe in podcasts for rolling with us. Got to thank my dog, Mark, just just for really sticking with me. Um, that's, that's brother to me, everybody. I want to thank everybody for just tuning in. Make sure y'all subscribe to uh, Mark and I in this Believe in Podcast, Believe in Steelers Podcast. Uh, please give us a five-star rating because we do feel like we're one out of five, five. This is the highest star you can get. So just want to appreciate everybody for tuning in and listening um, to us talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the NFL as well. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you so much for watching the Believe in Steelers show. Enjoy playoff football. We'll talk to you here in the coming days. Really excited about the playoffs. We'll talk to you next time. Until then, take care. It's so long, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.